Welcome to Blog Talk Radio in high fidelity. Challenging, thought-provoking, insightful. This is God in Country, the collision of faith and politics. Hosted by nationally known speaker, Reverend Dr. Sean Michael Greener. Not your typical Rev. Dr. Sean is a proud military veteran, former law enforcement officer, and founder of the internationally regarded executive protection team. Through counseling, elite life coaching, and national speaking, this ninja pastor tells it like it is. This series is biblically and politically engaged with the pedal to the metal. With today's edition of God in Country, here is host and author of the acclaimed yet controversial book, Excellence Killed the Church, How Mediocrity is Destroying America, Dr. Sean Michael Greener. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Thank you so much for joining me. Thank you, Mr. Barker, for your great announcing. As always, of course, it's a recording, which you pay for, and so that's why you make it the same every time. It's not like an eight-track or a cassette. You remember those? You press play, press record, you can record every time. Then you rewind it without stopping it, and you hear, we don't have that anymore. Not anymore. Digital. Rewind the tape. Let's go to the tape. So anyway, <laughs> how are you, America? Boy, isn't this something? Isn't this something? Here we are. Here we are. On the cusp of forever, aren't we? We are. We're on the cusp of forever. We're we're right here. We have to ask ourselves, you know, what in the world? What in the world is going on? You think about what's just happened. I mean, I'm going to go into some details today and sorted details. I'm not going to joke around as much as I usually do. Got a lot on my mind, as it were. You know, there's just uh, just a lot going on. A lot going on in the world, a lot going on in my mind, a lot going on in my life. So uh, not in a jokey sort of mood. I'm in a kick butt and take names sort of mood. I'm not in a... I'm going to be dominated mood. I'm going to dominate. I'm going to dominate history. I'm going to dominate what happens. But hey, before we go much further, let me also say that, uh, put it in your calendar. It probably already is for you. Use that have the, uh, the iOS and the iCalendar and all that stuff. Turn your clocks back, fall back, uh, get an extra hour of sleep as it were on Saturday night or Sunday. You know, so in other words, Sunday you can sleep again next hour. <laughs> Somebody just sent me a message. You said, but by the way, chat is open. Forgot to mention that. And uh, we have a lively chat bunch. You guys are awesome. And I like you. You're a lot of fun. The why, the why, the why, the why. What do I mean by that? What do I mean by that? The why. I don't mean the why, you know, that you go exercise. No. That's not the why. Or the one you take classes, you learn how to do swimming and strike. I don't mean that. It stands for the young, right? The why. It changed from the Young Men's Christian Association to now it's just the young. 
So you got to be young to go there. You got to look young. Well, you got to go there in order to keep looking young or, or to start looking young. You have to go there. That's just kind of how it works. Them's the rules, man. I don't make the rules. I just follow them. So we have a lot going on in this world. We're, we're six days away. We are six days away. By the way, welcome to the great Andrea Shea King. What a show she has. Man, unbelievable. And uh, I'm going to be quoting Andrea as well as Dave Perkins today and maybe a couple of others that you folks, I've encouraged you to follow them. I gave a speech last night to the great Delaware 912 uh, Patriots. I was in Dover, Delaware. Sometimes you forget where you are, you know, you kind of like life is a whirlwind. And sometimes you forget where you are, but I know I was in Dover, Delaware last night. What a great group. What a fired up group they were. And uh, just really enjoyed being with them. I'm going to be speaking again to that group, but a different section of that group, different part of Delaware on November 10th, Captain's Pizza. I think at Route 24 and Route 5, down Route 24 on the right there. I believe that's where it is. So we'll have some fun. I'm going to, and the title of my, Speech that night will be, well, what now? Well, what now? Because we will have had the election. We will know the results, we think. But the why, you know, you have to ask yourself, you know, why do I do what I do? Why am I doing what I'm doing? Like, for instance, if you were at the why right now and you were exercising, you have to ask yourself, well, why am I doing this? I think the reason you do it is because you want to look young, you want to feel good, you want to you want to be vibrant, you want to have lots of stamina, lots of energy for life. You never know what's going to come at you, so you got to be ready. So you got to got to be in good shape. That's why I, I exercise because I got to be ready for all that. I don't I don't want anybody to be thinking I I don't have any stamina. I'm not tough. I'm not strong. I'm not you know I'm an easy target. I'm a victim. You're not going to dominate me. I'm in it to win it. I'm in it to win it. But the why I'm talking about is the W-H-Y, the why. By the way, you've reached the collision of faith and politics, if you don't know what the, the ninja pastor, Reverend Dr. Sean Greener. I, I just want to ask you, have you ever been in a situation, and I mean a truly critical, important situation, which demanded your absolute fullest attention? I mean your fullest attention. Mine couldn't wander for two seconds. Not even for a second. It demanded your best effort. It demanded your highest intensity. This was a situation in which failure is not an option. I'm going to tell you, our military service members, our law enforcement officers, our firemen, our paramedics, they know all about it. They know all about it. They live it. They live it daily, folks. They know this situation well because they live it every day of their life and what they do. They know the why and they live the why. There's no confusion for them. Now, America, I remind you of this. Our founders, they, they too knew this situation that we're in today, six days from the election. They knew this situation well. We are the beneficiaries, in fact, of the founders' intensity, their passion, their focus, their life-changing, history-altering best efforts, no matter what. 
Listen, man, when you when you risk everything, when you risk everything that you have, you had better have a strong why. You had better have an unassailable, unquestionable why. And listen, who who is the one that assails or questions your why? Only you. My friends, it doesn't matter what other people say about your why. It matters what you say. It doesn't matter about what, what your neighbor says about your why, why you get up every morning, you go for a nice long walk with your puppy. Doesn't matter what your neighbor says. You know what matters is why do you? Why do you do it? It's your why that matters. It's your why that makes all the difference. It's your why. If you don't have a good why, guess what? You're wasting your time. And I'll tell you what, if your why can be assailed, if you can be tripped up by what your neighbor says, by somebody you pass on the trail, by somebody that lives in your house, by somebody that you work with, that's when you're going to stumble. We see this often when we... Uh, when we're trying to lose weight. A lot of folks try to lose weight. Hold on a second. I got it. I'm telling you, I hate, absolutely hate to do this. White Sox request to alter Newfield's negative logo was denied. A new era of Chicago White Sox baseball begins Tuesday, kind of. The team's sponsorship deal with the mortgage company guaranteed rate kicks in November 1st, meaning U.S. Cellular Field no longer exists. At the time the deal was announced, the White Sox received a fair amount of criticism. <laughs> Some folks just didn't think about this one, did they? <laughs> For not just the name of the new park, but... Also, from the logo it would carry, the guaranteed rate logo features a red arrow pointing down. Not exactly the best image for a team that hasn't made the playoffs in eight seasons. Listen, folks, that's just plain stupid. Somebody should have thought of this before, before now. Somebody should have thought about it when those people were writing that big check, because you know that big check. There is a big check that's written. When you, when you name a field after a sponsor, you sponsor the name of, that's a big deal. So somebody should have had a conversation, but they didn't. So, so we're trying to lose weight and our why, you know, my why, my why is, is look, I, I'm, you know, I, I've had, I used to be in phenomenal physical condition and I still have, you know, good good aspects about me, but the bottom line is, is that I've taken a real hit, literally and figuratively. And my why is, hey, I, you know, I, I want to have grandkids. Well, slow down, Slam Dancer. I don't, Doyle and Lily, I, they take, I'm not saying today, tomorrow or the next month or in three years. I'm just saying. I want to be vibrant. I want to be one of those people. I'm 51 years old and I don't want to I don't want to have to act 51. I want to be vibrant. I want to be full on, you know. 
stamina, getting after it, staying after it, not giving up, in it to win it. That's what I'm about. My why is I want to live. I don't want to be unhealthy. I've got a dear family member, uh, uh, someone I dearly, dearly love. Cling to life. Cling to life. Life choices. Life choices. My why is I don't want to be there. I don't want to live that. I want, to be, I want to be healthy and vibrant and full of stamina and vigor and joy. I want to be fun to be around. I want to be helpful. I want to be strong. But you know what else I want to be? My why is, you know what? I know what it's like. I've stood in countries that are falling apart. I've stood in countries that the currency has collapsed. I've stood in countries where there's no police anymore. I've stood in countries where you can't trust the military. I've stood in countries where not only could you not trust the military, the military was after you. Freedom and liberty, something we pass around. We just kick it around. It's something we don't even think about. Why? Because it was here when we were here. When we, when we arrived, it was here. We didn't have to do anything to secure the freedom, no. All we had to do was arrive. All we had to do was be born. That's all we had to do. That's all we had to do, be born. Just arrive. That's all we needed. Just get here. That's what we did. We did nothing great by being born into this country. We did nothing great. But the obligation that fell to us was to do something great once we got here. And to look around and say, this blood-bought freedom is at a cost. Now, I joined the military and served in the military, and the reason I served in the military is because I love this country. And I looked around and I saw lots of people in my family that served in the military, and I said, hey, you know what? They decided to serve and they gave a lot. Some gave blood in my family. I looked around and I knew people, the people that I really, 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 really respected. And they were military people military families. And I said, that's what I want. My why is I love this country. My why was every time I sang the national anthem, and I did sing, and, and I still occasionally sing, but uh, one of the things I used to do is sing the national anthem. I sang it even as, a, as an adult. I used to sing it for uh, sports teams, professional sports teams, and so, and different functions, and, you know, Stonier School of Banking, I used to sing it for them too. And, and I still would get choked up. I would still get choked up. I would still feel that, that gripping in my chest. I would still feel the gripping in my chest because I remember looking at friends, buddies, as their life ebbed away. I'm going to tell you there's nothing easy about that. I've stood in many a hospital room with a military member and, and other government agencies giving everything they have for their country as their life ebbed away, as they draw their last breath. Man, 
Have you been to Arlington National Cemetery? Have you been to the cemetery? Have you walked through the acres and acres of crosses and realize there's a family? There's a family connected with that cross, that person that's buried there. There's a family and they know absolutely. The greatest sacrifice any family member can make is the life of their loved one for God and country. Our founders, they knew this. They knew this. And just like when we were born into this country, we come to this country and guess what we do? We arrive and we say, here I am, serve me. Aren't I fabulous? Right, we come onto the scene and we think everything and everybody owes us everything and guess what? Wrong answer. Wrong answer, you gotta get after it. You have got to get after it, folks. You have got to get after it. Seriously, you've got to get after it in life. From the moment you arrive and that you can think and decide and do anything, you have got to get after it. You can't lean back. Say, well, I'm going to put my feet up for now. Listen, I tell my son and, and other people this all the time and people I mentor and teach. I say, you've got to do the things that you have to do first before you do the things you want to do. You absolutely cannot put the stuff you want to do first. That's what lazy people do. That's what, that's what people who blame everyone else for their failure, for their suboptimal living, that's what they do. When we're born and we realize, when we, when we say, hey, you know what? Man, what a country I was born into. I didn't choose this. I didn't plan it. Hey, I, was just, I was just born by the grace of God here in the United States of America. And because I am here, I'm going to contribute. I'm going to give. I'm going to be a part of it becoming even better. But, but even if, if I can't make it better by myself on my own because of who and what I am, guess what I'm going to do? I will not allow it to get worse. I will not allow any measure of freedom to be robbed from my family. I won't allow it. I won't allow it. I will not allow it. I won't allow it. I won't quit. I will not quit. And so when we're born and we're old enough to know, when we're old enough to know better, that's what we have to do. That's what we have to do, folks. We have to wake up and get after it. The very first moment that we realize that we either contribute or we take away. We are either keepers of the Republic or we're losers of the Republic, but we can't be ambivalent. We cannot be ambivalent. We can't lean back. 
we have to lean forward. You know, we hear we hear this all the time, and I and, and I'm I hate repeating anything that these terrible people say. But but uh, Hillary Clinton and, and and all her other sycophants. Now, of course, they want to say we've got to look forward. We're not going to be the party of looking back. We're going to look forward. And Hillary says, I know that you can't be convinced to look at, a, at an investigation that's already been closed. I've already been cleared. Now, if one of my minor staffers had a problem, they'll deal with that. But it'll have no effect on me. I was telling my son this morning, I was watching a watching her speak. It's like, has anyone told her there's microphones there that you don't have to yell and and and, and whatever it is that she does? I don't, I don't even understand what she does. Good Lord, woman's voice is great. So the moment we're born, the moment we, the moment we're old enough to know better and to do better, what do we do? What do we do? We say, hey, you know what? This is what I know about that. I know that I've got to do something. I know that no matter what happens in this world, I've got to get in and win. I've got to get in this thing and fight. I've got to get in and contribute because I look at that flag and I get tears in my eyes and I look at the cemeteries and I see the soldiers who have given their lives. And I look at the police officers being slaughtered all around this country. And I say, hey, man, last line of defense before it comes to us, before it falls to us. And I say, I've got to do something. People say, somebody's got to do something. Listen, that somebody is you. And that time is now. So you say that, you do that. I encourage you. This is why I encourage people to study history. Study actual history, not what they're teaching in the public schools. Now in my book, Excellence Killed the Church, How Mediocrity is Destroying America, Destroying America I, I say that. The, the, the public education system is not an education system anymore. It's not. It's absolutely not. My friends, it's an indoctrination. It's it's a uh, it's 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 a it's a land of trickery. It's a worldview corrupter. They've co-opted the education. They've co-opted the vernacular. They've co-opted our values. They've co-opted ambition. They've co-opted everything. And so there we are. You got to figure out what your why is. You've got to figure out what your why is. You cannot just wander from place to place aimlessly, thinking somebody else is going to pick up the arms. Somebody else is going to pick up the mantle. Somebody else is going to pick up the education. Somebody else is going to pick up the health care. We didn't fight Obamacare. They put it in front of us. We knew it was a big fat lie. We knew it was a multi-trillion dollar lie. We knew everything about it was a lie, but no one had the cojones. Nobody did. Ted Cruz fought as hard as he could. Sarah Palin fought as hard as she could. There were several others, but but the masses of good conservatives. I, I talked about this in my speech last night. There was a very dear lady there, and I really I really appreciated her kindness and her gentleness. I did. She's lived a life, and she said, look, this is not our way. This isn't our way. 
This isn't what we do. This isn't who we are. This isn't in our playbook. We don't know how to act this way, the way the liberals do. And I said, as I began my speech, I said, listen, folks, I understand that. I'm a reverend doctor, Sean. People think I'm going to be all soft. And well, and I think the dear Lord would have us to turn the other cheek. The dear Lord also told his Talmudim, his disciples, he said, hey, sell your cloak and get you a sword. You don't have a sword, you better get you a sword. You better get your sword. You better get your sword. You better get your sword. And you look, the reason you needed a sword then, the reason you need a sword now, metaphorically, is because we're in a battle. Too many people have forgotten why. Too many people have forgotten why. Why do we fight for liberty and freedom? Are we under attack? They believe that we're not. They want to trick you. They want to make you believe that we're all good. We're all okay, but we're not okay. This country's not okay. We are absolutely on the cusp of losing the Republic. I don't say that as hyperbole. I say it because it's absolutely true. It's absolutely true. There are many patriots. I named some of them today. Dave Perkins. You guys, if you follow anybody on Facebook, Dave's the guy. Andrea Shea King, follow her on Facebook. So many, Elizabeth um, uh, Letchworth Christie, follow her. So many others on Facebook, follow what they have to say. My friend Kevin Jackson, follow him. Black Sphere. They're going to tell you the truth. And by the way, Dave, write a book. He's been on the show many times, so has Andrea. Great, great Americans. I know for a fact the sacrifices they made because I watched them make it. Traveling around the country, all piled in a bus. Try like anything to get people to listen, get people to understand. This is critical business. It's serious business losing the Republic. And we can't do it anymore. We have no more. Listen, there's no more backing up to be done. We fight and we win here or we die. No way in this world. It's going to fall to me and I'm going to back up. No way in this world. I will not be dominated. I will win or I will die trying. Now and on Tuesday, November 8th, 2016, and every day, really every day after that, I hear people say, well, I do my duty. I go and I vote. Once every four years, I go and I vote. I go and I vote. I'm a, I'm a great American. I go and I vote. I do my job. I pay my taxes. I am here to tell you, folks, if you think that is doing your duty as a great American, newsflash for you, you have missed out on a very critical point. That is that is but one day out of the year. What of the other days? I talk to people all the time about Center for Self-Governance. I talk to them. I say, look, it wasn't easy getting through, and I still don't even have some of my homework for, for uh, level five written out yet or, or called. I've got a lot of it done, but I don't have it called. It's hard. It's not easy. But it is fun. It's a lot of fun. 
You're, you're like-minded people that said, hey, I'm stopping. I'm not talking anymore about going one time and voting and I've done my duty. I'm not talking about that anymore. It takes more than that now. It takes more than that. We can't, we, it's too important. It's too important to think that's enough. It's not enough. Well, I'm on Facebook and I'm on Twitter and I post things. Hey, I even live tweet. Big deal. Good for you. You're talking in an echo chamber. Most of the time, people only friend people that they're like-minded. They look at their wall. They look at their wall at all. And they say, hey, this person's got something weird on there. I'm not, I'm not friending them. So we're going on and on. And we get in fights among ourselves. The left has one enemy, us. We have every, each one of us and all of our millions of litmus tests that we apply. We say, well, if he's, if he's for TPP, then I'm, I'm out. I'm out. Whatever you can, whatever it is, I've got two things that that if this person is not for these things, if this person is not in alignment with me, newsflash, I'm going to tell you. If this person, I'm I'm just going to tell you. I'm going to tell you. Look, listen. Do you understand the gravity? Do you, do you understand the gravity of where we are right now? A lot more has to be done. You're either going to be a patriot and a warrior, or you're going to be a prisoner and a slave. You've got to be ubiquitous on the battlefield everywhere you go. Islam has an enemy, us, all of us. They even hate themselves and each other. Their battlefield is everywhere, and they're everywhere. They're ubiquitous on the battlefield. But us, you know what we do? We fight each other. Circular firing squad. I mentioned this in my speech last night. It's posted up on my website, drshawngreener.com, the ninjapastor.com. We have arguments on the way to the battlefield. That's what we call the enemy. Do we call the enemy this? Do we call Donald Trump is the first person to actually call the enemy what they are. Donald Trump's the first person. We're building this stinking wall. There's no reason why we can't. And obviously, we know it's not just the wall. There's a lot of things we have to do. We have to fill those tunnels with with a a flame-inducing an accelerant. We have to fill it with that, pump it full, and put it under pressure. Strike a match. Oh, Dr. Sean, that's terrible. What if they're young people in there? Well, price of war, baby. Price of war. Meanwhile, we're fighting with each other. Well, that's not who we are in America. Even I'm hearing that come out of conservatives' mouths. Makes me sick. I say you're no conservative. That's not who we are in America. My friends, there's some some nasty stuff getting ready to come out. I'm not kidding you, folks. I'm not kidding you. It's going to be awful. I I did a tweet, or I guess I tweeted, is what I should say. I tweeted the other day, um, and something to the effect of, anyone who votes for Hillary Clinton 
at this point is indeed a traitor. Anyone, anyone that votes for Hillary Clinton at this point is indeed a traitor to this country. The question is what's required of us? And I think that it's that we have to become founders. The country needs to be refounded because we've lost it. Listen, I want to bring this to you and I want you to take this however you will. Ultimately, we are living in a time where six days from the election, we have a woman who we all know, including the people that work for her and with her, we all know is an organized crime syndicate. I'm going to tell you some things about her, blow your mind. You will be disgusted. As if our why wasn't so incredibly clear to preserve the republic, to fight for what's right, to do the right thing. My two things, I, I started to mention it and then I got sidetracked. My two things, listen, if you're a conservative, you come at me and say, well, I'm bendable on, on abortion. Eh. If you're not going to fight for the life of the most innocent, on, I can't trust you. I can't trust you. If you're not going to stand for life, precious innocent life, the preservation of life, I can't help you. I can't help you. You're, you're, your uh, thinking is too far gone. I can't help you, and I, I reject you. I'll pray for you. But I can't stand beside you if you think that's okay. And then the Second Amendment. I'm not saying that the other amendments aren't important, but let me tell you what. When you can't defend the others because you have been effectively robbed of your weapons, of your rights. If you cannot do that because you've allowed the government to take your guns and now they, the government, the untrustworthy government with whom we are to have no alliance or trust. Listen, I mentioned, I mentioned about Obamacare. I have no health insurance. No more. And really all I could afford was the $14,000 deductible HSA. Thank you, Dora. My son just brought me. It's become a tradition. He brought me some tea with some honey in it. I have no health insurance. You guys know what I've been through. I'm the last person on the planet should be without health insurance, but guess what? If I want to spend $2,800 a month, I can have uh, an even higher deductible than what I have now, and worse coverage. It's a crime, folks. We were nice. This real nice lady last night, and she's not the only one. I'm not picking on her. I've been to lots of places, churches, organizations, companies. And they've said that's not who we are. We don't get in the streets. We don't get in people's face. Well, guess what? They do. The left does, and they take it all away from you. They'll take it all away from me. They don't care. They knew the people behind this, Gruber, the PhD from, I think, MIT, he knew that this is where this ends up. Why? It had to fail. And then what do we do? We clamor for single payer government health insurance. Guess what? They control life. They control death. Who receives care? Who doesn't? 
Is that what you want? Is that what you want? It's not what I want. We've got to be founders again. We allowed Obamacare to happen to us, my friends. We allowed it to happen because we went peacefully. Now we yelled some. I have good friends. Mark Hurd was one of them. Was up in Washington, D.C. when that whole big thing, when um, when Pelosi comes through with the big giant gavel, remember? And some people, uh, some of the black people said they were called the N-word. There's a thousand cameras there. Nobody caught it. And nobody calls that guy out. Nobody calls him out. Nobody says, you're a liar. He said, well, I didn't hear. And I don't think anybody here said it. You might have misheard. No, he didn't mishear. He was taking the argument from what it was, truth, to what it is pretending to be. And everyone associated with Obamacare should be put in jail, including its namesake. The Affordable Care Act is nothing more than a high crime and misdemeanor against the people of the United States of America. And I'm not just saying that because I lost my health insurance because of it. I'm saying it because it's true. It's one of the it's one of the most heinous and egregious crimes ever committed in America. And we were polite. We were polite. And we got taken. One sixth of the economy we became enslaved. Look, I've got to get real with you, America. We've got to start reminding ourselves what is required of us as Americans, as patriots. We're here in this country. You can either be a slave, a polite slave, or you can be a patriotic American. Can't be both. You've got to find out. You've got to know what's required of you. You've got to know what's required of you. You cannot, for any, for listen, for any reason, you cannot delude yourself any longer. You cannot live your life not knowing the why and sit back and say, hey, you know, I'm just not a fighter. The least you can do is write letters every week. 20 letters. I say write 20 short letters every week. Remember what I said. Write 10. Know all your people up and down your ballot, the people who most affect you from a from a political standpoint. Know their address, their name. Know their emails. Know their Twitter handles. Know their Facebooks. Ten times a week, you reach out to them. Ding, ding, ding. You've got to know what's required of you as an American. Look, it's... It's for such a time as this, the Bible says, for such a time as this, until he comes. I talked about that in my sermon, not last Sunday, but the Sunday before. Until he comes, we can't be so weak. We can't quit so quickly. We can't be so easy. Can't be over in two to three minutes. We got to be in it to win it. Then we got to get in deep. And it may get messy. But isn't freedom and liberty worth it? Maybe it's not to you. Maybe you've never seen people robbed of their freedom and their liberty. 
Maybe you've never seen people enslaved. I have. My friends Dave Perkins and Andrea Shea King, who happens to be in our in our chat right now. Uh, Dave's not that I know of, but uh, Andrea is. The fuse is lit. I, I read, this is Dave uh, from Dave's post. I read that Jim, who I've met, by the way, I was a keynote speaker. Oddly enough, I was a keynote speaker and he was a guy on before me. I don't know how that happens, but if anybody should be the keynote, it should be this guy. But Jim Kalstrom, former FBI agent in the New York offices, he was a very high, very highly ranking FBI agent. Um, he gave an interview confirming these details on the Mike Gallagher show today, and this, his voice was shaking. This is real, folks, and it's about to go boom. This is my buddy Dave. Clinton Foundation and, and, and Andrea uh, shaking. The Clinton Foundation corruption pay to play. I, hold on a second. Let me, let me stop there. Do you guys know what pay to play is? Anybody? Pay to play. You know, we hear these terms, single payer. You know, we hear these terms. I think people don't know what it is, so we just go past it. I don't know what I'm against. Just like email, the email scandals. What heck, I have four or five emails. I can understand. I mean, that's why they keep keep it they keep it very broad, keep very ambiguous. Pay to play. You give us money. You give us lots of money, bad person. We'll give you access. We'll give you influence. My dear friend Andrea says, no ticky, no washy, pay to play. You either pay or we don't wash your back. Sorry. A lot of people don't understand that having people make huge donations in order to spend the night in the Lincoln bedroom at the White House is illegal. They say, well, it doesn't seem like it should be illegal. It seem like, I mean, say ask for a little donation. It's illegal. It's a federal crime. First of all, they don't own the house. You and I do. And some of the people that have been allowed to stay there disgust me. Pay to play. Uma Abedin, in charge of communications from, this is back to Dave and Andrea and them's uh, article. Clinton Foundation corruption, pay to play. Uma uh, in charge of communications for making the deals. 11,000 emails from her confirming her role in this. ISIS, a creation of American intelligence. John McCain and Lindsey Graham featured prominently. Emails that could send Loretta Lynch to prison. And are you ready for this? Are you prepared? Photos of Hillary and Uma and an underage girl together in sexual activity where part of what was on, we're part of what was on the uh, Anthony Weiner hard drive. Read all of this and know that we are at war. The good guys in the justice business versus the dark, evil spirit of the Clinton corruption and everyone entangled in it. And it's a lot of people over a lot of years. Now, this is from the article. I think Josh Charles had something. I don't know the guy, but uh, Dave's good friends with him. Smart guy. As it turns out, Weiner, Uma's husband, had been forwarding Uma's emails each time she came home and left her computer open. Uma appears to have been in touch with Saudi actors and therefore espionage. He's strongly suspected.
Comey and his 40 untouchables are now preparing to take down the largest corruption ever witnessed in American history. Let me pause there. My friends, this isn't, we're not making stuff up here. You understand, we're not making stuff up here. This is real stuff. This is stuff that has been found in the emails. It's proven. It's proven. And I'm sorry to tell you, my good friends, James Comey, for whatever reason, made a conscious and conscience decision back in July. He made a decision to look past what he knew was there. Don't for a moment think that I'm absolving James Comey, the director of the FBI. He knew the why and he abandoned the why. I don't know what his why was then. I know that in the beginning he was said to be an unassailable character, but now, no, not so much. He knew. But now he has to come out as though he is... uh, he is pushing the investigation forward as things come to light. No, he's doing it because he has no choice. It's going to be the largest corruption ever witnessed in American history. The Pentagon has internal players and outside players they call creatives. Creatives are civilians who tend to be geniuses, malcontents, extreme hackers, and otherwise demonstrate brilliance in other useful areas. A Pentagon program called Cicada 3301 which we have reported on previously was created by several of these talented civilians. The program is now used to allow thousands of honest government people to report on corrupt supervisors using what is called a dead box whistleblower whistleblower encryption method so the non-corrupted government officials can report corruption and still remain safe. The following information comes straight from an FBI anonymous source who is a senior analyst who posted on Uh, 4chan in early July of this year. Jim Comey, quote, Jim Comey learned that some of his own investigators were tipping off both Loretta Lynch and Bill Clinton, thus making his job impossible. Comey sent a letter to Congress knowing that ultimately it would expose Loretta Lynch as a dirty actor and the breadcrumbs would lead directly to Obama. The State Department is terrified now. Comey has assembled a small team of 40 agents whom he has declared the untouchables after the famous Federal Agent Elliot Ness. Comey has clamped down on all FBI agents and he expects a full-scale war between the FBI and the Department of Justice, the White House and the State Department. He has confirmed and understands that many sitting senators, congressmen, lobbyists, and power players are going to be indicted and prosecuted. One of the main targets in the probe is the Clinton Foundation and the Clinton Global Initiative. Among the targets under investigation are John Podesta, Uma Abedin, Cheryl Mills, CNN, ABC, NBC, etc. Now, let me interject. This is not written in their article. I don't want you to think that it is. I do not for a moment want to put this on them. I am saying it. The Ninja Pastor saying it. Nobody else is saying it. In this discussion, I'm saying this. I want to be clear about this. My buddy Dave, my friend Andrea, uh, I don't know Josh Charles, but you know he's friends with my friends. 
um, and, and other people that are I'm quoting here. I'm not quoting them now. This is me. I want you to know, and I'll stand behind this for whatever you want to call it. I want you to know that these are high crimes and misdemeanors. And these are some of the worst crimes, some of the worst crimes committed in history. They are some of the greatest financial crimes. They are some of the greatest loss of life crimes. They are they're, they're the, the greatest corruption on such a grand scale in all of history and all of time. And I'm going to tell you, this is what I'm going to tell you. You can think of it what you wish. You can think I'm crazy. You can think I need to put a hat on, some sort of tinfoil hat. There needs to be executions as a result of this. These are the worst of the worst. These are people who are cloaked as though they are our defenders and our fighters and our friend. Aid to the enemy. They have provided aid to the enemy. They have provided national secrets, international secrets with international consequences. They have bankrupted our banking system. They have corrupted our monetary system. They have corrupted our health care system. They have caused thousands of people to die. They have changed our image in all of the world. And they've done it intentionally. It has not been a situation which, by any stretch, they fell into. This has been a plan that's been going on. You say, listen, you sound crazy. You said John Podesta sounds fairly normal when he's on television. Cheryl Mills, she's a big-time attorney. CNN, ABC, NBC, you've got to be kidding me. Come on. These are all people who are in cahoots. They're why. We know they're why. Their why is to ruin this country as it is and to take upon themselves the spoils of war. You say, how in the world can they get away with it? They can't get away with it. This is impossible for them to get away with it. They're too big. Barack Hussein Obama? Joe Biden? John Kerry? Hillary Clinton? Come on. They killed our military intentionally. They left wide open our borders intentionally. They're inviting terrorists into our country intentionally. High crimes and misdemeanors. Aiding the enemy. Treason. Punishable by death. You say that sounds over the top. My friends, do you not understand where we are? Do you understand the gravity and the heinous nature of these crimes and the perpetrators of said crimes? Do you even understand? Back to the article. Visitors of Epst to Epstein's Little St. James Island. Little St. James Island. Ehud Barak, the former prime minister of Israel, 99 through 2001. He's a pedophile being procured uh, underage girls by Epstein, former Israeli minister of defense and also deputy Israel prime minister under Benjamin Netanyahu from 2009, 2013. Prince Andrew, British rope. 
Jeffrey Epstein and his girlfriend, Ghislaine Maxwell, pimped Epstein's sex slave, Virginia Roberts, to Prince Andrew multiple times. And the victims say, the victim girls say Prince Andrew was very sexually sadistic. They despise the sick, twisted creature. Kevin Spacey. Now, I know people that know Kevin Spacey. I know people well that know Kevin Spacey. He's a phenomenal actor. Don't, don't get it wrong. But because somebody can pretend and lie well doesn't mean they're a great person. You know, these people that follow singers and follow, hang on every word they say, and, and actors and actresses, because everything they do, they're like, wow, well, that's sad. Just because they can lie well or sing well or play an instrument well does not make them a wise or good person. So Kevin Spacey, he's if, if you don't remember, he's an actor in right now House of Cards. People tell me Spacey is gay. Well, of course he's gay. We know he's gay. My response is, have you ever heard the word bisexual? Spacey's very good friends with two big-time pedophiles, Jeffrey Epstein and Bill Clinton. Spacey, big Hollywood star, has 3.78 million Twitter followers. Now, you ready for this one? This is going to get you. Alan Dershowitz, longtime friend of Epstein, as well as one of his defense lawyers. Dershowitz was one the one who negotiated that absurd plea bargain for Epstein that gave him a 13-month served sentence and a 16-hour-a-day pass so he could spend most of his time in his mansion. Epstein's sex slave, Virginia Roberts, said that Epstein made her have sex with Dershowitz numerous times. The real question is, how many other underage girls was Dershowitz having sex with? Virginia Roberts says Dershowitz also witnessed Epstein's pedophilic activities. Steve Peisenick, the guy who has made the video that you'll find in Dave Perkins' timeline, is a part of the overall effort to end the corruption. This is the end of the Clintons, or the end of America, in the scorched earth rage that will follow her election, one or the other. Read and get ready for more. Think about it. An elite group of 40 agents screened for connections to the Clintons. So no more informants. Investigating every aspect of everything the Clintons have ever done. All the stuff we have nauseatingly presumed would just be shrugged off. And the group called the Untouchables. Thank you to Andrea Shaking and Dave Perkins and Josh Charles for that. I'm going to say to you very clearly now, folks, this is but the tip of the iceberg. tip of the iceberg. You understand. You understand. You understand, folks. They know their why. They know their why. They have no question. They don't care how many things they got to disagree with each other over. They don't care. They don't even care how many things they have to disagree with you over. They don't care. They just know they're going to win. They know they're going to win. Why? Because they're not afraid. They don't live with fear. They don't live with the bound up morals and, uh, you know, well, that's just too mean. You know, people say, look, I've heard this. If, if I've heard it one time, I've heard it 552,000 times. Well, I'm just going to have to hold my nose when I go into the into the polling place. When I go into that booth, I'm going to have to hold my nose when I pull that lever for Donald Trump. Boy, it's a real stinker this year, isn't it? 
boy, it's hard to know. You know, you're picking the lesser of two evils. Listen, last week I talked about the lesser of two evils. I said, you got to let that go. We make that decision every day, lesser of two evils. We make that decision every day. We decide every day, which is the last thing that I'm going to do. It's in our lives. We have to do it or we won't survive. Lesser of two evils, something we live. But I would not call Donald Trump evil. I wouldn't. You all know I did a, a very unflattering show on Donald Trump, didn't you? Every bit of it was true. I didn't make a thing thing up. It wasn't for. Um, it's just bottom line is, folks, listen, I need you to understand Donald Trump. There's lots of things I disagree with him about. But but to say he's evil. No, I'm sorry. I reject it. I reject it. Is he does he say things how I would like for him to say? No, he doesn't. But you know what? He's a sheepdog. He's the only person that has stepped in front of all the blades and said, hey, whatever it costs me, I'm going to expose all this. Look, man, Donald Trump, look, go to my website, drshongreener.com, theninjapastor.com. My most recent blog post announcing this, I have a link on there to, to a, to a uh, five minute and 42 second, I think it is, YouTube video. There's a link. Just click on the link. It's a safe link. I'm telling you, don't do it now or listen to my show. God. This guy didn't have to do this. He had a good life. And you know what? Even with Hillary Clinton in office, he would still have had a good life. He would have still had a good life. And you know what? Nothing that Hillary could have done would have really... Hey, look, you have billions of dollars. You can insulate yourself. You can insulate yourself. You can get away from all the trouble. Hey, you know what? You can go. You can move to another country and live well for the rest of your lives, your grandchildren's lives, your great grandchildren's lives, your great great great. You, you you don't have to live like this. You could escape. You hit the button. You hit the button. You hit the eject button. You say, "I'm going. I'm out. I made enough money." But bye. And you don't have to mess with a single bit of it. But he did it. He's the first guy. He's the first guy. My friends, do you understand? He's the first guy to step up and say, hey, I don't care what it costs me. Yeah, you know, I haven't always been conservative, conservative. I've leaned a little bit conservative, but I've looked around. I've saw what happened. People are still on the right are still making the claim that this guy is pretender. He's, he's in it to give Hillary Clinton the election. No, he's not. Wake up and smell the coffee. Stop saying dumb as crap things and tell me they smell like roses. It's dumb. It's stupid. It's asinine. And you should stop talking if you can't stop saying stupid stuff. Take a clothespin and clip your tongue to your bottom lip if you can't shut up saying dumb stuff. He's part of it. He's, this is all a big plan. This is all a big plan to get him in, uh, to get Hillary in. It's a trick right near the election. He's going to do something stupid, and boy, look what will happen. That's what's going to happen. I'll tell you that. Well, I can see it coming. You people can vote for this guy. I cannot. I have conscience. Look, if you can't be a fighter, one of my greatest friends of all time said this, if you can't be a fighter, then at least vote for one. 
if you don't have the cojones to get in and fight with him, then vote for him. Ain't nobody in that booth with you pressing those buttons. Ain't nobody going to know. I'm telling you, it, the why is, the why for me is, is we don't win here. We lose everything. Have you ever contemplated losing everything? Have you? Do you have any concept of what it's like to lose? The people in Venezuela, they know what it's like to lose. Goldrushninja.com. I'm telling you, these people, I wish you would go there and learn about currency. I wish you, I wish you would learn about money. Because the people in Venezuela, they're 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 screwed, folks. They wanted a socialistic society, all the money in the world coming from all. Guess what? That country's broke. It's broke and it's falling apart, and people are eating family pets. They're burning furniture in order to stay warm. Bodies are rotting in hospitals because hospitals don't even have the the, the money to keep the, the morgue refrigerators and freezers cold. Animals in zoos are, are, are being left to starve to death. Lesser animals are being fed to the greater animals to keep them alive a little while longer, but there's no food for any of them. GoldRussianNinja.com. I, 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 listen, folks, you need to understand. You, you look at this and you say, well, the World Series is on tonight, Chicago or, or, uh, or Cleveland. I hope Cleveland is going to make history tonight. Well, that wouldn't be on. We wouldn't, we wouldn't have that if it was really this bad. Look, Dr. Sean, my why is I want to watch freaking baseball, dude. I work hard every day. I don't want to listen to this crap. It's just, it's depressing. My friends, you, you can't listen. You cannot listen to lies for so long and then begin to, like, to, to believe them because that's easier to stomach than the truth. Donald Trump has stepped in front of a train, a flaming nuclear train and said, I can't stand for it any longer. I have good friends. Listen, good friends, real friends, not just Facebook or Twitter, people I have never seen or don't know, not just followers of the show or the program uh, or what I write or any of that stuff. People come to me. But no, 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 no. Real friends. And they say, I can't vote for Trump. I'm a never Trump. I can't do it. And I say to you, listen, I love you, man, but you're going to be part of the cause. You say, well, then we need to put somebody better up. I'm going to vote third party. I'm telling you right now, there's never been a worst a worse third-party selection than what we have now. There's not. There's never, it's never been, there's never been poorer choices. Ever. There's never a third-party? Come on. Gary Johnson? Weld? They're lunatics. They're not lunatics because the press or or the conservative. I look, I'm not all in Republican. You need to understand I'm not I'm not on that team. I'm a conservative first. 
I'm a conservative first. I'm I'm not. Look, I'm not the R. I'm not sitting here saying, hey, you know what? I, I, I'm telling you right now. I am telling you right now. I'll tell you what. I'm not going to tell you right now. I'll tell you in a minute. Now, man. People say to me, people say to me, ah, you know, it's just, it's exasperating. They say to me, they say, look, Trump is a, Trump is a, a misogynistic, bigot, racist. First of all, there's a guy, this is, Rush Limbaugh says this, and I've echoed it too. We have a guy, Donald Trump. He's an A-list celebrity, rich and famous, who's been surrounded by beautiful women all over the world for 30 years. Not once in 30 years have any of these women claimed he assaulted them. Yeah, that only happened three weeks before a presidential election in which he is running. Same thing with Trump and racism. For 30 years in public life, nobody's ever called him a racist until he ran for president. Trump is not the perfect man. He, he may not even be the perfect candidate. But at this moment in history, he's the best man for the job. Why? Why? Because he's the only one with the balls to fight. He's the only one. We all talk about how great his kids are. Guess what? Guess what? His great kids and his grandkids and all the all the good life that they have and that he has, they're putting it all on the line. They're putting their lives on the line. People die around the Clintons. You say, well, Secret Service is on Donald Trump. He's safe. He's safe. I mean, he's got Secret Service protection. I mean, the guys with guns. No. I'm sorry to tell you. Very easy to insert a, a Secret Service person who's on Team Clinton. Once it's over, it's over. Boom. Sorry. Gee, uh, sorry you're dead, dude. Look, my why is I want to keep the, the health care uh, out of the government hands. I That's not their job. They've proven they're terrible at it. Medicare, anybody? Medicaid, anybody? VA, anybody? Health care ain't their thing. My why is educational freedom for my children. How about my why being I, I want to achieve security from the threat of global jihadism? Look, I, I, I've said it before on this show. No Muslim should be allowed in any position of influence in the military, in the government of the United States of America. They should not be in any government or government contractor over water or power or, or, or any sort of energy. Absolutely not, because they can, as I said in my speech last night, because of their faith, they cannot. They absolutely cannot serve. They have no oath. Any oath they made would be nothing but takia, lying for the advancement of Islam. Lying for the advancement of Islam. How about my why being, uh, look, I, I don't want people coming over here cutting people's heads off. I don't want people coming over here saying, hey, you know what? Sharia law, that's the way we should live. Stay the heck in your own country and shut your mouth about what you, you don't have any right to comment on my laws. Get out of here. 
shut up about that. I, I don't want to hear it. That's not who we are in America. That's not who we are in America. Look, I, look. I, I have the right to protect my life and the life of my family, my friends, my country, my property through gun ownership. It's called the Second Amendment. That's my why. Look, I want a vibrant employment environment. I, I don't want these burdensome regulations. I don't want all this crazy taxation and trade policies. They're stupid. And they don't work. Look, I, I, I'm tired of reading where a preacher or a church was sanctioned by the government in this country for preaching certain things. I'm tired of hearing it. I want my religious liberties. Seems like now, right now, the Muslims, they're the only ones. The Satanists, they're the only ones. The atheists, they're the only ones that have religious liberty. Yet the, the, the very group, Jews and Christians, that, that gave us this, 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 the foundation for our country, we no longer have it. Why? Because we abdicated. We abdicated. We, we forgot our why. Look, I want the rule of the land. I want the rule of law. I want judges in the Supreme Court of the United States of America to honor the absolute genius of the Constitution and our founding documents that the founding fathers gave us. The founding fathers knew. They knew what was coming. They knew this thing would be hard to hold on to. They knew that very quickly and very easily it would, it would all begin to fall apart. Once government people learned, hey, I can tax these people, divert some taxes, tell them, hey, I need more money and more time. They give me more money and more time because it's for the kids, it's for the elderly, it's for this, it's for that, it's for roads, for healthcare, yet it never gets done. I'm going to tell you the truth. I look around at those big giant uh, rallies that Donald Trump has, and I think to myself, how could he not be winning? Even before all this came out, look, I knew about all this stuff. I've got good friends that were uh, the Clinton's Secret Service detail. I can tell you, I know them very, very well. Good, good friends. We've done work together. And they've told me things that I'm, I can't repeat here. I can't repeat it. I cannot repeat it. No, I cannot. I can't do it. But these are facts. These are facts. Look, this woman struggles to get anybody even to show up to her rallies. And in many cases, they're paying people to show up to their rallies. You cannot tell me. You say, well, the press, they don't show that. They don't show that. the ABC, NBC, CNN, all these. You say, well, how can you say that they're uh, that they deserve, uh, you know, severe punishment and, and to the point of imprisonment or uh or even execution, because they're traitors to this country. I know it's super hard for people to believe that people would do that, but they do. I said, I think I said this last week. Trump has nearly three times the amount of followers on Facebook: twelve million one hundred seventy-four thousand likes. Clinton, four million.
And we know on Twitter, 18.6 million. He's actually up over 20 million, I think, at this point. Trump has over 20 million Twitter followers. Hillary Clinton, 6.1. And in fact, it's gone down. Hillary's are actually fake. I said this last week. It's a real deal. My friends, you, you can't, you, you, how is it possible? Somebody tell me how it's possible. You say, well, he's a, you know, he's a star. People go to see him, but they're not actually going to vote. 60% we know now of the big uh, Bernie uh, Sanders rallies, feel the burn. Now we know, by the way, these emails have indicted him as well, because we know that he has taken money from the Clintons to bow out and to endorse her. Look. We depend on CNN. We depend. I don't depend on CNN. We depend on Fox News. We depend on MSNBC. We depend on all these other things. But by the way, let me interrupt myself here. Fox News, they're not on our side. You need to stop being disappointed and dejected every time Fox News doesn't show something uh, or, or, or is in some way uh, opposite to our values or some of the shows are just blatantly anti-Trump. And some, like Megyn Kelly, are blatantly pro-Hillary. That's why they have such power. And they're all godless, immoral lovers of themselves, lying and covering up everything that their friends, the Clintons, do. You know, it, it has ceased to be an issue of Hillary's accomplishments as senator or or uh, department of head of the Department of State. It ceased to be about that, folks. I said it a while ago. If you still cast a vote for Hillary Clinton, then you are absolutely a traitor to this country. I mean that. People say, what are you going to do? The election is rigged. Lexus reads, what can we do? We can't do anything. We can't play City Hall. They're too big. So I'm just gonna watch my Netflix and I'm gonna and I'm gonna um go to my, my bowling night and, and I'm gonna take my kids to violin and soccer and I just hope for the best, man. I just pray. I'm just gonna pray. That's why we are where we are. It has ceased to be, my friends. Well, is she the better person for the job? No, she's not the better person for the job. Come on now. People are interviewed on television. They can't even name an accomplishment. Out of 713 pieces of legislation that Hillary Clinton, while a senator, 
sponsored or co-sponsored during her eight-year Senate career, only three pieces of legislation she sponsored became law. Why? Because they're crazy. Here are the laws. You ready? Come on now. We're going to get in to win it. You want to know some proof? Senate Bill 3145, a bill to designate a portion. These are the ones, these monumental laws. These, this is the only one that ever saw the actual light of day. A bill designated to desi built to designate a portion of United States Route 20A located in Orchard Park, New York, as the Timothy J. Russert Highway. Now, I happen to have benefited from meeting him many, 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 many years ago. And I'm going to tell you. I'm going to tell you. And this is a fact. He was a Democrat I really, really liked. He was. I really liked the guy. We weren't besties, but I'm telling you, I really liked the guy. You couldn't not like the guy. He's a great guy. One of the most unbiased people I ever met in my life. One of the most principled, good people. I'm not against Timothy J. Russert. Tim Russert was a great guy. Great journalist. But that was one of the three bills. Out of 713 pieces of legislation she sponsored, co-sponsored during an eight-year Senate career, this is one of them. How about another one? Senate Bill 3613, a bill to designate the facility of the United States Postal Service located at 2951 New York Highway 43 in Avril Park, New York, as the major George uh, Cuomo post office building. Are you kidding me? That's number two of the three. That's number two of the three, my friends. That's number two of the three. Out of 713 tries, this is number two of the three. How about number three? Maybe number three is monumental. Maybe number three turns around and we say, wow, that was worth it. Senate Bill 1241, Kate Mullaney, National Historic Site Act. Just to recap, these bills were that uh, renamed a highway after a journalist, redesigned a post office, and deemed a brick house in Troy, New York as a National Historic Site to honor a 19th century female union leader. Well, maybe she was great. I don't know. I, I'm not impugning her at all. But all these laws were were to, were to turn otherwise ordinary things, a highway, a post office, a brick building, into something historic. This is it? Let's go back to the emails. Yeah, no big deal, man. I have emails. Like I have I have smgreener at gmail.com. I have Dr. Sean, or I have Sean at drseangreener.com. I have smg at executiveprotectionteam.com. Wow, I'm, I'm like Hillary Clinton. I've got multiple emails. Hey, it's easier. And you know what? I have them all forward to my to my iPhone and I have them all forward to my computer and I have blah, blah, blah. It's easier. Well, Dr. Sean, did you did you scrub them? What you mean? Did you wipe them? What do you mean with a like a rag or something? I don't I don't know. Mrs. Clinton, can we ask you a couple questions about your uh, about your um, your your emails here? Can we ask you a couple questions about what you were doing? I don't know. I bumped my head. I, I don't remember. I, 
I just don't have a memory. I don't remember. Well, I didn't know what the C stood for. You say it's classified, but I didn't know that really because you signed a document on several occasions saying you understood what that was, right? This is your signature, right? My, I don't remember. I don't remember. Cheryl Atkinson, at some point or another, I'm going to have her on the show. I've invited her to be on the show. She's a very nice lady. One of the best, in my opinion, one of the best actual journalists. And, and to be fair, she's one of the few left. She wrote this. It's absolutely amazing. You can follow her at Cheryl Atkinson. It's actually Cheryl Atkinson. The takeaways, the players, the timeline, the takeaways. The FBI could not review all of the Clinton uh, emails. They couldn't. They couldn't review all of it. Why? Because the Clinton's Apple personal server used for Hillary Clinton work email could not be located for the FBI to examine. An Apple MacBook laptop and thumb drive that contained Hillary Clinton email archives were lost, and the FBI couldn't examine them. Two BlackBerry devices provided the FBI didn't have their SIM or SD data cards in them. 13 Hillary Clinton personal mobile devices were lost, discarded, or destroyed. Therefore, the FBI could not examine them. Various server backups were deleted over time, so the FBI couldn't examine them. After State Department notified Hillary Clinton her records would be sought by House Benghazi committee, copies of her email and the laptops of her attorneys, Cheryl Mills and Heather Samuelson, were wiped with bleach bit, and the FBI couldn't review them. After her emails were subpoenaed, Hillary Clinton's email archive was also permanently deleted from her then-server PRN with Bleachbit, and the FBI couldn't review it also. After the subpoena, backups of the PRN server, server were manually deleted. 2,093 emails State Department currently identifies. By the way, State Department now, it's, it's we're being told that the State Department has now released more emails that they say they just found. Thanks again for the tea, Doyle. That was awesome. Well, we just found these. Golly gee, Willikers. Mm. Don't you think that's strange, my friends? Don't you think that's a little bit strange? Suddenly, when it when it's become painfully obvious. Painfully obvious. But it's all coming down. The boom is getting ready to happen. The explosion is about to happen, my friends. Suddenly people are being, oh, hey, we didn't see this over here. This was in a drawer. It's within a drawer. I didn't. I didn't see this here. So we're going to give this to you. We're being. We're coming forward with everything. This is what we're doing. We're very helpful. We're very helpful people. It's what we do. Please don't arrest me and put me in jail. Suddenly, emails are coming out. People saying, "Hey, man, I don't want any part of this." 2,093 emails. State Department currently classifies as confidential or secret. 
State Department did not address what their classification was at the time they were sent. 193 emails, 81, 81 separate email conversations that were classified at the time they were sent, ranging from confidential to top secret special access program. There's no higher than that, my friends. There's no higher than that. 68 of the 81 email chains remain classified today. Eight were top secret, 37 were secret, 36 were confidential, seven were special access program, three were sensitive compartmentalized information, 36 were not releasing to foreign governments, two were releasable only to five allied partners, 12 of the suspect email chains were not provided by Hillary's attorneys. The FBI found them in other ways. The email chains contained classified information from five other agencies, the CIA, Central Intelligence Agency, DOD, Department of Defense, FBI, Federal Bureau of Investigation, NGA, and NSA. Here are the players, folks. You ready? You ready? And we know this is expanded. We know this is expanded. We know this is expanded. So don't trip. Don't trip. We know that since the wicked, look, you call Julian Assange a traitor if you want to. You can call Edward Snowden a traitor if you want to. Why do you think they tried so hard to kill them? The government, Hillary Clinton, Barack Hussein Obama. Why do you think that is? Because they knew this was all in there. And they didn't know for sure if he had it, but they hoped to God that he didn't. But they did. I say they're heroes. I say Judicial Watch. Folks, Judicial Watch, you've got to call Tom Fitton and Judicial Watch heroes. Weren't for them, we wouldn't know. Their why was truth and justice in the American way. Here are the players. You ready? Justin Cooper. He's the uh, president Bill Clinton's aide. Brian Pagliano, computer technician from Hillary Clinton 08 campaign. He has played, played the fifth. Uma Abedin, Iranian, closely, very closely tied to Muslim Brotherhood and our sworn enemies, Hillary Clinton aide for 20 plus years. Like a daughter, she says. Eric Boswell, State Department Assistant Secretary for Diplomatic Security. John Bentel, State Department Information Technology Official who handled Hillary Clinton's issues. Sounds bad already, doesn't it? It does, doesn't it? Sounds very, very bad. But wait, there's more. But wait, there's more. It is that bad, my friend. It is that bad. It is this bad. You've got to stop covering your eyes and saying it cannot possibly be. You've got to stop doing that. Jake Sullivan, Hillary Clinton aide. Cheryl Mills, Hillary Clinton's chief of staff and her personal attorney. Raymond Maxwell, former State Department deputy assistant secretary. Monica Hanley, Hillary Clinton aide. Sid Blumenthal, Hillary Clinton friend and advisor. Heather Samuelson, Clinton campaign worker and attorney. Dave Kendall of Williams and Connolly, Hillary Clinton attorney. Three known Clinton private servers, Apple, Pagliano, and Platte River Networks, PRN. Here's the timeline, you ready? 2007, Hillary Clinton announces a run for president. Bill Clinton aide Justin Cooper buys an Apple server for a new email system to be loca located in the Clinton's Chappaqua, New York residence. Hillary, in, two, in June of 2008, drops out of the presidential race. Cooper sets up the server for her, the Apple server, 
you're with me so far. Fall of 2008, Hillary, Hillary aide Uma Abedin contacts Hillary campaign computer tech Ryan Pagliano to build second server because the Apple in use for just a few months is now antiquated. January 2009, Hillary begins transitioning from her personal BlackBerry.net email to a ClintonEmail.com account on the antiquated Apple server. January 11, 2009, increase in cyber attack attempts on State Department employee personal email accounts. January 29, 2009, Hillary becomes Secretary of State. She declines a State Department email address and instead uses her personal BlackBerry in office. February 2009, Hillary travels to Asia. Her first overseas trip as Secretary of State. March, 2000, March 2, 2009, security memo warns Hillary and Chief of Staff Cheryl Mills that it is risky to use their personal email and BlackBerry devices. I cannot stress this too strongly, that any unclassified BlackBerry is highly vulnerable in any setting to remotely and covertly monitoring conversations, retrieving emails, and exploiting calendars. As a State Department memo from Eric Boswell of Diplom Diplomatic Security, 3-2-2009. March 11, 2009, Hillary's told there is intelligence concerning this vulnerability during her recent trip to Asia. She acknowledges to Boswell that she gets it. March 2009, State Department official handling Hillary computer security issues, John Bentel, reportedly received memo showing that Hillary's private server was set to be installed in her New York home. Bentel would later tell FBI he didn't know Hillary was using a private personal account or server. March 18, 2009, a server installed by Pagliano replaces the Apple, but Pagliano later tells the FBI he didn't transfer Hillary's ClintonEmail.com account. The FBI could never locate or examine the Apple server to determine facts. February 9, 2011, State Department staff again raises concerns about Hillary and staff using electronic devices in their office. March 2, 2011, State Department detects malicious cyber activity aimed at senior officials. April 2011, Hillary's immediate staff is briefed again on cybersecurity threats. Mar May 2011, Hillary's immediate staff is briefed again. August 30th, 2011, Hillary requests a government device to replace her broken BlackBerry. After she's told it would be subject to the Freedom of Information Act, record searches, no government devices issued. 2011, Memo from Hillary cautions State Department employees about security and records retention and advises not to use personal email for government business. Are you ready for this? Hillary sent that email out to State Department employees saying, hey, don't use your personal email for government business. September 11th, 2012, Islamic extremist terrorist attack Americans in Benghazi, Libya, and four heroes were killed. November 2012, State Department Accountability Review Board convenes to investigate Benghazi. Hillary aides Cheryl Mills and Jake Sullivan are reportedly seen at allegedly improper Benghazi document sorting sessions in State Department basement. The week of December 9, 2012, Hillary faints and falls suffering a concussion. The State Department kept it secret for several days, but on December 4th, 2012, now this is the week of December 9th, but on December 4th, 2012, congressional investigators try to schedule an interview with Bentel, Hillary's State Department information technology. He declines, and then he retires from the State Department in December. 
December 15, 2012, Hillary postpones her congressional testimony on Benghazi due to illness. December 30, 2012, State Department discloses discovery of blood clot in Clinton's head from the concussion. Early 2013, Ben Pagliano plans to seek other work. Clinton's staff begins searching for a vendor to manage a new third Clinton email, third Clinton email server. On January 2, 2013, Platte River Networks, or PRN, of Denver, Colorado, wins the contract for new Clinton server. January 7, 2013, Hillary returns to work. January 23, 2013, Hillary testifies to Congress on Benghazi attacks. February 1, 2013, Hillary's last day as Secretary of State. She fails to produce her federal records as required by law. In the spring of 2013, Hillary aide Monica Honley and Cooper put Hillary email archives on an Apple MacBook laptop and thumb drive. But Honley later tells the FBI she forgot to give the laptop and thumb drive, thumb drive to Hillary's staff. The laptop and thumb drive are lost and the FBI cannot examine them. March 14, 2013, Hillary confidant Sid Blumenthal's AOL email is hacked by Romanian cyber hacker Guccifer, uncovering a memo to Hillary with classified confidential information. According to a book later written by Bill, Hillary finally recovers from her December 2012 illness about now. This is in June 2013. June 23, 2013, Pagliano's server is moved to Equinix Data Center, New Jersey, which serves as the world's largest financial media and enterprise company. Serves the world's largest financial media and enterprise companies. Pagliano, in June 30, 2013, Pagliano's server email accounts are transferred to the new PRN server. July 18, 2013, Clinton signed former deal with PRN for new email server. Early 2014, Hanley says she finds the Apple MacBook laptop from spring of 2013 at her home and tries but fails to remotely transfer Hillary email archives to PRN server, February 2014. Hanley ships the Apple MacBook laptop to an unidentified person who transfers Hillary's email archive to Gmail address, then to the PRN server. Honley instructs unidentified person to delete and or wipe email Hillary Clinton email archive from the Apple MacBook and Gmail. Unidentified person ships the Apple MacBook via U.S. Postal Service to UPS to unidentified female Hillary associate who later tells the FBI she never received it. Nobody can find the Apple MacBook or thumb drive containing Hillary archive email. May 8th. House Benghazi Committee is established, summer of 2014. State Department notifies Hillary aide Cheryl Mills that it will be requesting Hillary's work emails. Make note of that date, summer of 2014, July 23, 2014. Congressional Benghazi Committee reaches agreement with the State Department on production of records. July 2014, Mills initiates review of Hillary work emails with .gov addresses that were transferred from Pagliano server to the PRN server. The emails don't include the January through March 2009 emails lost on the missing Apple server. The .gov work emails are then put on file on laptops of Mills and Hillary attorney Heather Samuelson. These laptop email files would later be, later be wiped using bleach bits so they could never be recovered. The FBI was unable to review them. August 2014. State Department provides House Benghazi Committee with eight emails to or from Clinton that show her use of a private email account. 
September 15, 2014, Cheryl Atkinson reports that on State Department official who said he witnessed Benghazi document sorting session with Hillary AIDS in State Department basement in 2013, late September 2014, Mills and Samuelson. Review the rest of the available Hillary emails besides the .gov. These email files would later be wiped using BleachBit so they could never be recovered. The FBI was unable to review them. Selected emails are printed in Mills' office and reviewed again by Attorney Samuelson, Mills, and Hillary Attorney David Kendall of Williams and Conley. Non-work emails are shredded. Work emails are printed and provided on USB drive to Kendall. December 2014. Stay with me. We're almost finished. December 2014. Hillary and Abaddon begin using new email accounts on the domain HR off, hrcoffice.com. December 5th, 2014, hard copies of Hillary work emails are given to the State Department. Hillary instructs in December 2014, her staff to no longer, their staff, she no longer needs to keep the remaining personal emails. December 2014 or January 2015, Mills and Samuelson request unidentified person to delete the Hillary email files. This is after they have been subpoenaed, my friends. Software called BleachBit is used so it can never be recovered. Unknown Hillary staffer also wants Hillary email archive removed from the PRN server. Mills asks, this is after they've been subpoenaed. Mills asks for shortened email retention for ClintonEmail.com account because Hillary decides she no longer needs emails older than 60 days. July 10, 2015. It's getting hot and heavy now. The FBI begins investigating Hillary email situation after United States Intelligence Community Inspector General refers the case of possible improper handling of classified information on March 2nd, 2015. New York Times article exposes the fact that Clinton used personal email account exclusively for state business. PRN technicians conduct work on Pagliano server on the Equinus Data Center. Mills later tells FBI that they were working on the server because she asked them to conduct an equipment inventory. Here's where it gets crazy. March 3rd. 2015, House Benghazi Committee requests Hillary attorneys at Williams and Connolly to preserve and produce all documents and media related to her to ClintonEmail.com. Known addresses now bear in mind, my friends. Bear in mind. Bear in mind. This is well after they have been subpoenaed. March 4th, 2015, House Benghazi Committee privately subpoenas all Hillary emails related to the Benghazi terrorist attack. Clearly, Clinton does not disclose the subpoenas, but tweets, I want the public to see my email. I asked the state to release them. They said they will review them for release as soon as possible. Now, we know for a fact that's not the case. March 9th, 2015, Mills emails PRN and makes reference to the preservation request from Congress. A PRN technician would later tell the FBI he doesn't remember seeing it. March 10th, 2015, Clinton answers questions about her email practices for the first time. She tells reporters, it was just more convenient to use a private server. I wanted to use just one device for both personal and work emails instead of two. Here's the thing. She had up to 15 different devices, 13 of which she instructed her aides to smash with hammers once the subpoenas came out. My friends. She is a liar. Last year, she deleted nearly 31,000 plus emails that were private. She said, Hillary Clinton said, uh, she will not turn over a personal email server, that she has fully complied with the law. She said, I turned over to the State Department 55,000 pages of work-related emails. There were 62,320 emails in her account. 30,490 were public business. 31,830 were private. March 25th, 2015, PRN 
has a conference call with Bill Clinton's staff. PRN technician later tells FBI at this point, he realized he'd forgotten to shorten Hillary's email retention that Mills requested in December, 2014. So now he deletes the Clinton archive mailbox from PRN and uses Bleachbit to permanently delete files holding the emails. FBI says one PRN technician gave three conflicting stories, but acknowledges that when he made the deletions, he knew of Congress's preservation request and knew. In other words, that preservation request is Congress saying, hey, anything that exists now should exist so that we can receive and review it. In other words, you dare not destroy anything. The FBI says somebody also manually deleted backups of the PRN server during the same exact time frame. Clinton and Mills say they were unaware of these deletions. March 31st, 2015, there's a conference call among PRN Kendall and Ms. Mills. Later, PRN would exert attorney-client privilege and refuse to comment on the conversation. This means that Hillary's attorneys are representing the PRN technician as well. Isn't that something? May 27, 2015, in a freedom of information, you often hear a FOIA lawsuit. The court ordered State Department to post emails on the uh, Freedom of Information website on a monthly schedule to complete by January 26, 29, 2016. They completed. The State Department completed it by February 29th, a monthly. July 28, 2015, Hillary revises her statement regarding classified emails, says she's confident she never sent or received emails that were classified at the time. Later, FBI would find Hillary sent or received 100, which we now know it's many more than that, 193 emails, 81 separate email conversations that were classified at the time. They were sent, ranging from confidential top secret special access program. July 31st, federal judge, judicial watch FOIA suit. Remember, Tom Fitton, judicial, I'm telling you, these people are amazing. Emmett Sullivan, federal judge, ordered State Department to request that Mills and Aberdeen confirm under penalty of perjury that they have produced all government records in their possession, return any other government records immediately, and describe their use of Hillary's email server to conduct government business. August 5th, 2015, State Department sends letter to Hillary, including Judge Sullivan's order. August 6th, 2015, Mills attorney tells Judicial Watch that it has instructed Mills to delete any and all electronic copies of potential federal records in her possession. After her anticipated production of records on August 10th, Judicial Watch files an emergency request to block the destruction. August 11th, 2015, Inspector General report, the state to the Senate contradicts Hillary's claim. Some email says the IG contained information that was classified at the time. August 19th, Hillary's personal lawyer tells the Senate committee that all data, including emails, was erased from her server prior for for being turned over to the FBI. Hillary tells reporters, the investigation surrounding her server has nothing to do with me. She contradicts the inspector general by reiterating she never sent or received classified material. Also in August of 2015, the FBI obtains the Pagliano server. Williams and Connolly does not disclose that there is other related equipment and that Hillary's emails have been transferred to PRN servers. PRN says at this time, it realizes that accidentally backing up its Hillary server on the cloud that it's accidentally backing up its Hillary server on the cloud rather than just locally, as the Clintons had directed it. This continues the cloud backup. August 27th, Hillary tells an Iowa audience that using a personal email server, well, it clearly wasn't the best choice, and I take responsibility. She repeats her modified statement. I never sent or received any email that was marked classified. September 10th, 2015, Pagliano pleads the fifth before the House Benghazi Committee. October 2015, previously withheld he, Hillary emails reveal she told daughter Chelsea almost immediately that terrorists were behind the Benghazi attacks, yet 
They told the public that they were prompted by a protest over a YouTube video. October 3rd, 2015, after learning about additional Pagliano server equipment and that Hillary emails had been transferred to the PRN server, FBI obtains equipment and PRN observer. October 16th, Williams and Connolly provide two Hillary Blackberry devices to the FBI, but forensics find no evidence that they were ever connected to her personal servers. They do not contain their SIM cards, nor do they have their SD secured digital cards. October 28th, State Department sends formal requests to Hillary and other former secretaries asking for the work-related emails. In other words, this is like the ninth time. Hillary directs attorneys Kendall and Mills to oversee. January 7th, FBI interviews Sid Blumenthal, who sent at least 24 memos currently classified confidential and at least one email classified as secret at the time and currently to Hillary on an unclassified system. February 9th, 2016, Justice Department requests all of Hillary's 13 mobile devices. See, they found out there was 13. Williams and Connolly in February 22nd says, DOG, it cannot locate any device. DOJ can't locate any devices, so the FBI was unable to examine them. We know now that they were destroyed by hammers as directed by Hillary and Huma. February 27th, 2016, Jake Sullivan is interviewed by the FBI. He says he's not concerned emails with classified information that he sent uh, to Hillary on an unclassified system. March 2016, Bentel declines to testify to the Senate committee. March 31st, 2016, Goosefer is extradited from Romania to the United States. April 5th, 2016, FBI interviews Huma Abedin, who sent at least one email classified as confidential to Hillary on her unclassified system. April 9th, 2016, Cheryl Mills is interviewed by the FBI. She refuses to answer some questions on her attorney-client privilege. She says she's not concerned by her decision to send Hillary emails with information later, later deemed as classified on her unclassified system. This is May 25th, 2016. State Department Inspector General, or IG, says under Foreign Affairs Manual, employees are required to conduct day-to-day -day operations using authorized information system. IG says there's no evidence Clinton sought approval to use her personal email account or private service despite her obligation to do so. Here's June 22nd, 2016. Pagliano pleads the fifth 125 times in a deposition with the conservative watchdog Judicial Watch. June 27, 2016, Attorney General Loretta Lynch meets privately with President Bill Clinton. The two say it was purely a social visit. We talked about grandkids. We talked about golf. July 2, 2016, the FBI interviews Hillary Clinton for only three to four hours. July 4, 2016, Hillary indicates that as president, she would likely keep Lynch as Attorney General. July 5, 2016, FBI Director James Comey recommends no prosecution in the Hillary email case. And now we know. Anthony Weiner, Huma Abedin's estranged husband. You know who he is. You know who he is. As part of an investigation on a shared laptop that was taken as evidence. Now we have over 600,000, 650,000 emails. You see, we joke about it. We joke about it. We laugh about it. We say, well, you know, I could see that happen. Do you understand that the Justice Department 
over which Attorney General Loretta Lynch cut a side deal granting full immunity Clinton staffer Cheryl Mills and Heather Samuels. Why? Why were all these people given full immunity? But now all these emails have come out. And now we know. And what I'm told is that what is about to come out And I'm going to tell you, I believe the people. I believe the people who are telling me these things. I absolutely believe beyond a shadow of a doubt that what we are about to see, what we've seen already, will pale in comparison. I'm told by people that would know that when these become public, these are indictable, highly prosecutable offenses. My friends, the why, the why that I'm citing, the why that I have is because folks, it's not just that I've lost my health insurance because of uh, Obamacare. It's not just, it's not just because of look, it's not just because I don't like Hillary Clinton. I've never liked her. I can't stand to hear her voice. It's not just because we got more people on the government dole that are working. It's not just because I see everything in this country falling apart. It's not just because of that. It's not just because of Islam. It's because my why is because we know beyond a shadow of a doubt that this person, Hillary Rodham Clinton and William Jefferson Clinton are evil. My friends, my why is that we've had eight years of evil in the White House. Isn't it about time we drained the swamp? Join us next time for The Collision of Faith and Politics. And please follow this show at www.blogtalkradio.com forward slash the ninja pastor and follow dr sean on twitter at the ninja pastor and on facebook at www.facebook.com forward slash god in country radio and at www.drseangreener.com in the meantime dr sean will be fighting for you and for this great country Thank you for joining in this fight.